the goal really for me has always been how can I help people? It's not so much about making money. The money comes. The money always comes. Right? What can you do to make people happier? This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now on to today's episode. On this episode, listeners, we're going to talk with the serial entrepreneur Peter Shankman, who is the founder of Faster Than Normal. Faster Than Normal is a movement that focuses on changing the way people view ADD and ADHD. Peter has spent the past 20 years starting, building, and selling companies, as well as writing best-selling books, speaking internationally, and almost daily TV appearances, teaching hundreds of thousands of people how to improve their personal and professional lives. He does this all by using his ADD as a gift instead of a curse, and that is what he wants to share with people. Further along in the episode, we dive into Peter's life with ADHD and how he structures his life to create constructive outcomes. He gives a listeners some great suggestions for parents that have children with ADD and ADHD, and we talk about how diet plays a role in his life. Peter used his passion for helping others with something that he struggled with and made it into a movement that creates lasting change. And without further ado, let me welcome my friend Peter Shankman to the show. Peter, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you. How about yourself? Good, thank you, thank you. And how's New York today? Snowy, very snowy. We want to jump into this idea of faster than normal, what it is and where it came about. Yeah, I mean, I spent my entire life uh, with what I called sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. You know, there was no name for ADHD back in the 70s or 80s. It was just, you know, sit down and pay attention. And uh, I spent a lot of time not sitting down and paying attention. So for me, it was very much about um, uh, figuring out, you know, I had created uh, lots of ways to sort of um, benefit my life or, 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 or I should say get rid of um, the issues that I had. And what I realized is that I was, I was self-medicating. I was self-medicating and, and coming up with ways to self-control myself and that not through medication but through things like skydiving or running or public speaking or being the class clown or whatever it was. And um, it wasn't until several years later that I read a book by uh, – oh God, probably in my mid-30s by a, a book by a guy named uh, Ned Hallowell. And Ned uh, wrote. A, he's a doctor, and he wrote a book called um, uh, "Delivered from Distraction." And the very first line was all about, you know, having ADD is paradoxical because you feel like you can accomplish anything, and then feel like you can't accomplish a thing. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy knows me, <laughs> you know. And for the first time in my life, I had a name for what I had. And it occurred to me that that all the things I'd been doing in my life weren't so much just random; they were all a series of connected events. You know, I. I there's a reason I am a uh, entrepreneur, right? I don't play well with others. I don't take, uh, you know, working for other people, things like that, not, not something I was ever really good at. And so for me, it was really all about all these things sort of started to make sense to me. And so I figured, well, how can I, how can I, if I'm using all this to my advantage, there have to be other people out there who are either dealing with the same thing or who don't realize that they have the ability to sort of uh, uh, use their ADD, I guess, you know, improve their lives. And so about a year and a half ago, a little over a year ago, I did a, uh, a webinar. I just said, you know what, I'm going to share my secrets on how I how I handle my ADHD. And I uh, put it online, and I figured anyone who wants to come, and I didn't charge for it, I figured it was uh, um, 
I'd get 100 people. I had like something like 8,000 people sign up in this webinar. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, there's something here. And so uh, from that, I launched a podcast called Faster Than Normal, where we focus on figuring out how to, uh, people who have ADHD, how can we, what do they do to, um, to uh, improve themselves? How do they do it? And, you know, what tips and tricks can they offer for things they do? And so built that. Um, We've had I don't know, almost 50 episodes now. A um, lot of just great reviews, great downloads. I get tons of emails every day um, from people thanking me uh, for what I built. Uh, and then Random House came a calling and said, "Hey, we want to turn this into a book." So I just finished the book. It comes out in October, hmm. um, and it's not only about helping people with ADHD. It's also about uh, allowing regular people to sort of get three hours back a day in their lives. You know, three hours back each day in their lives about you know, hey, follow the. You know, I have certain rules and tips and tricks that I do because it allows me to work better. Um, this will work for you too, uh, whether you have ADHD or not. So, uh, and what's the title of that book, Peter? It's, it's called Faster Than Normal. Gotcha. And uh, it comes out in October. Okay. And so let's go back to the old days when ADHD and ADD was still a bit of an unknown. And I know it's come a, slowly come a long way since those days, but... How do you feel as a child having this and nobody not necessarily knowing exactly what it was? It was certainly frustrating at times. Uh, you know, I couldn't figure out why so many people were good at, like, schoolwork or uh, easy to make friends. And there were people like me who just were, uh, you know, social, socially awkward basket cases, you know? Okay. Was it lonely? It was. It was lonely and it was, um, it was difficult. You know, it was difficult because there were a lot of people who, um, who no one really got me. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it wasn't until I got to high school. I went to high school performing arts, and, and high school performing arts, everyone was different, so that helped. But it was tough. It was there's no doubt. It was very very tough to be. Um, uh, it's very hard to be different, and um, especially when you're younger. You know, uh, growing up in New York City, I, I spent my younger years in Staten Island, and Staten Island is not New York City. And Staten Island, you know, if Staten Island had its own, um, uh, if it became its own state, it would have its own license plate, and the motto on that license plate would be uh, Staten Island, where if you're different, that's wrong, and. Um, mm. You know, I was different. So needless to say, that did not work to my advantage. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I had to work on figuring out um, how to be okay with being different and what could I do to make it better. And so that's where we are. I was diagnosed borderline ADD, and my best friend in, from childhood was full-on ADD. Mm-hmm. And he struggled a lot getting through. He didn't actually even finish high school. He he was distracted too much. Now his son actually has, is just like him. And so I'm curious on what are some of the ways and how you figured out on how to balance yourself to focus your energy into creating something constructive rather than checking out or, or something destructive happening from this? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really all about understanding what I do and uh, how I can live my life and how I can make my life benefit um, through my um, through the issues I have. You know, so for me, um, certain rules have to be in place in my life, or I won't be able to be okay. Um, rules, for instance, I don't. Um, uh, it is very, very important that um, I am at the gym every single morning. So I'm up probably by a quarter to four every morning. Um, I don't, you know, it's not mandatory that everyone does that. It's mandatory for me. And so 
I'm up ridiculously early every morning. I'm at the gym or, you know, on, I have a daughter. And so the days that I and, and I'm a single dad, so the days that I have my daughter, um, uh, I'm on my bike in my um, in my apartment uh, doing my own work, um, you know, get, getting getting in my bedroom uh, so I don't wake her up, you know, getting an hour on the bike um, on days. I don't have her. I'm at the gym lifting with a trainer. Um, sometimes I will go to the gym two, three, four times a day. Right. And I'll find the time. And it sounds crazy. But, you know, instead of so if I have a bad day or something, something happens in my day. You know, that to me is is to deal with that. I'll go to the gym. You know, when I know I have a bunch of meetings, I will make sure to spend an extra time in the gym in the morning to get an extra hit of dopamine and serotonin and, and, and adrenaline to get me through those meetings that I might not want to do. Mm. Um, I have a prescription for medication, but I rarely take it. For me, I, I, I like the natural ways to do it. I'm a licensed skydiver. I have over 400 skydives. There's a reason I have over 400 skydives. There's a reason I was drawn to the sport, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you jump out of a plane, you land on the ground, you're high as a kite. So <laughs> the, it's those kind of things. And how do you keep that discipline? I'm sure it's easy to to get distracted from that. So, what are some ways that helps you? Some things. Yeah, that I don't have a choice. I mean, I have to. I know I have to do it. If I don't do it, bad things will happen. I understand that I'm. I I, I believe that at any given day, I'm three bad decisions in a row away from becoming a junkie in the streets. Um, I've never had a drug problem or anything like that, but I just know it's it's very easy for one thing to lead to another to lead to another. You know. Uh, I don't drink. I quit drinking because I like to drink. My friends who, who go out and have a drink, two drinks, go home. I don't do that. Not because I'm trying to get drunk, but because I drink alcohol the same way I drink everything else, which is ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a neighbor in my in my office, but I'm in, in my, I have a Regis office, and I have a next-door neighbor who every Friday has a pizza. Um, she orders pizza for her team, and they have a meeting. Over, and after the meeting's over, she always comes over to my office, and she goes, Peter, we have leftover pizza. Do you want some? And after three weeks of hearing this, the first three weeks in the office, I turned to her, and I'm like, um, I'm sorry, Lisa, I... I I have to. You keep saying leftover. I don't know what that is. That's that's not a thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? You know, if I order a pizza, I eat the pizza. There is no leftover pizza is not a thing, right? Leftover wine is not a thing. So, I I take the things out of my life that don't that don't benefit me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I have to do a keynote, I, I you know I speak all the time, and all my keynote speeches are unbelievably simple. They say. Um, they say, uh, I will, you know, my, 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 my contract, I will speak at this date at this time. I'll show up. You'll pay me. You'll pay for my travel at the end. Mm-hmm. Except in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, I have a, a keynote uh, contract that says I will speak. I, I, uh, I will come in and I will do a lunchtime keynote only. And the speaker does not have to be on the ground from wheels down to wheels up for more than uh, eight hours. Mm-hmm. Because if I had to do a morning or an evening keynote in Vegas, that means I have to come in the night before or stay the night after. Am I going to go blow my mortgage on the uh, blackjack table? No. But why risk something like that you know the concept of i'm probably not going to do anything stupid but why give it that option there's a movie in the movie in the 80s called war games right and the the last line of the film the the computer learns the only winning move is not to play Hmm. now i know there's a lot of people that that are or a lot of doctors that are medicating children because Children have a lot of energy and they're ADD and this is kind of an issue and, a, and something that's changing from what I know of. For the parents that are out there that think they might have children with ADD or ADHD, uh, what do you recommend they do? So my premise is this. I'm not, I don't, I'm not anti-medication. I believe that medication works for a lot of people and it's a good thing. I also believe, however, that it should not be the first line of defense. Mm-hmm. You know, medication should be a last resort when you've tried other things like, you know, um, letting kids go outside and play every day. Uh, you know, you have a, um, 
uh, so a, a, a five-year-old is uh, you, you wake him up in the morning, you throw him in front of a TV to have his breakfast. He's having two bowls of sugar, super sugar bomb smack, chocolate bombs, whatever. Um, and you send him to school um, and he's hyper and not paying attention. Well, not only is it because of the crap food he's eating and the fact he's staring in front of the television, but maybe it's just because, you know, he's five. Yeah. Right. So maybe we send the kid, maybe we get the kids to school a half an hour early every day and they do exercises or they run around or whatever. You know, it's, it's very frustrating to me because, um, I have a, uh, three-year-old daughter and, you know, I, I use her without her knowing or without her mom knowing. I use her as a research project. Essentially, I will run around with her for hours and I will monitor how she sleeps and I'll see how she's doing the next morning. And you know what? She's doing awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, on the days she doesn't get enough sleep or on the days that she's been, you know, she was sick last week. She was sitting in front of the TV all day. Well, guess what? She wasn't as focused and didn't pay as good enough attention. This isn't rocket science. So I listened to a couple episodes on your podcast, and one that I found intriguing was with Adam Sud, when he, where he talked about using diet to tackle ADD and ADHD and his addiction to the medications that he was put on. Yep. And uh, a couple questions. Are you using diet as a tactic for this and what type of diets are working for people yeah i try really hard to to be aware of of, the, of everything i put in my body um i i, I you know in a perfect world i'd, I'd be uh in ketosis all the time and i just I'd, I'd really keep my carbs low it's difficult sometimes i'm on the road as much as i am but i tend to uh i tend to try and keep my carbs as low as possible the big problem um uh that i notice is if i eat crap i feel like crap it's very simple right mm-hmm. so the, the, the rule I try to keep to the most of the time that, I, that I'm pretty good at is very simple. If my if my grandmother wouldn't have recognized it as food when she was nine years old, I won't eat it. <laughs> okay. Right? So, you know, my grandma didn't know what the hell a Dorito was, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or something like that. So so it's it's meats, chickens, fish, uh, tons and tons of veggies. Um, you know, and look, it's, again, it's not always easy. I can't I can't go and make a uh, you know a chicken breast every single day so I try to make it once a week and keep it in the fridge um, there are times when you know yeah I live in New York City there are times when I want to order pizza and I accept the fact that there are going to be eight slices in the pie and I'm going to eat all eight and I'm going to hate myself you know, what, what's the comedian uh, I don't remember his name but he said I don't, I don't stop eating when I'm full I stop eating when I hate myself mm-hmm. um, and you know it's sort of true I, I, I will I'll get uh, to sort of that same point and I'll, I'll be I'll be at the point where I'm, where I'm, you know, I don't, I try not to jump on the scale as much, although the scale is very important to me because I have to, the data matters, right? Men lie, women lie, children lie, data doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. And so as long as I'm able to see the numbers every day, I'm okay, but I, I try not to put so much stock on the numbers. I know that I'm gaining a lot of muscle weight. Like I, I had surgery on my foot a couple of months ago and I wasn't able to run a bike. So I lifted for two straight months, gained a ton of upper body strength, right? I know that muscle weighs more than fat. I know that my, my numbers are up on the scale, but it doesn't mean I've gained weight. So right. you just need, it's, it's, you know, how do you feel? If you're feeling good, good, go there. You know, it seems like something that, that almost, and I don't know if you've discovered this yet, but it could be helped to measure this the energy and the exercise for people with ADD or ADHD with a type of app. They could kind of track their behavior throughout the day. Is there anything out there like that? Yeah, I think there. I mean, there are tons of apps out there. I use. Uh, I have several. I, I track. Um, I, I don't eat, drink, or work out without it being put into my app. So I use Runkeeper to track all my workouts. I use My Fitness Pal to track all my food. I use Why Things to track my weight and my sleep patterns. You have to do it. Mm. You have to make because otherwise, 
if you don't do it, you're simply you're going to waste your uh, it, it's a waste of a day. You know, you need to know what you're doing. It simply makes you feel better. I know there's a lot of people out there, thirty plus years old, that still feel like they they were may have never been diagnosed ADD or ADHD, but probably have that. Is there any recommendations you can give those people? Get tested. Go get tested. Go talk to people. That is the best possible thing you can do. Doctors will know. Don't get tested and say, hey, I want medication. Get tested. Figure out. Uh, again, read Delivered from Distraction. That is a great, great uh, book that really did a lot for me. Start there. And, you know, talk to someone. Uh, Hallowell Institute. You can find online. Just Google uh, Ned Hallowell, H-A-L-L-O-W-E-L-L. He's a good friend, and he's he's sort of the father, grandfather of ADHD. He will tell a um, – he, he can tell you the, everything you need to know. Do you have any must-do tips for people with ADD and ADHD that want to build a business around a similar issue? Um, I think the best advice I can give in that regard is simply to understand that um, you know a lot of people see their ADHD as a, as, a, as, a, as a curse. And and if you can look at everything in sort of a different mindset, how is this? How can I use this to be better? How can this? Um, how can I benefit from this? How can I help other people benefit from this? What can I do to help other people? That's the best thing I, I, I think you can do. Now let's talk about taking a passion and turning it into a movement. You've done similar stuff like this before as an entrepreneur. And for people that are thinking, you know, I have this passion for this type of movement that will help people, what are some ways they could get started doing that? Yeah, I mean, figure out what you love, figure out what makes it passion, what makes the passion there for you, right? What's so important about the passion for you? And then how do you, um, how are you able to, um, Turn them to something that can help other people. Uh, what can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what can you do to help people get better? What can you do to make people's day better? You know, the goal really for me has always been how can I help people? It's not so much about making money. The money comes. The money always comes. Right? What can you do to make people happier? Very good. And what does this mean to you personally, Peter, to be able to help people with ADD and ADHD? I believe that if you've had any success in any way, shape, or form, uh, professionally or personally, whatever, you have a uh, you have a responsibility to um, send the elevator back down, as it were. Mm-hmm. And so, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to help um, um, in any way I can. And I'm not a doctor or whatever, but I, I know what works for me. And I, I'm I'm happy to be able to help people do that. And is there anything else you'd like to share about? faster than normal before we sign off no it's uh we our podcasts are only 20 minutes long because adhd we are the number one podcast on adhd online right now um, on itunes and uh we are growing every day if you like what you hear i'd love to hear about it please leave us a review that's by leaving us a review that allows um more people to find out about it and find out that it's actually that adhd can be a gift not a curse and um i'll add the last point we actually have a course that goes along with the podcast and that's an ftncourse.com And I'll add that your book, Faster Than Normal, comes out in October. Peter, I want to give you a big thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for creating this movement and helping people. And we hope that it all works out really well for you. Pleasure was mine. And we'll say goodbye to listeners and bye to Peter and see you on the next show. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. 
Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the entrepreneur house, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact we will respond as soon as possible for now saludos from somewhere in the world